Welcome to another episode of Creative Distillation. Your hosts, Jeff and Brad, from the University of Colorado Boulder's Lead School of Business, discuss entrepreneurship research while enjoying fine craft beverages. For their second of three interviews recorded on location at a cocktail reception during the Social Entrepreneurship Conference at USC, Jeff and Brad speak with Natalie Ang, a third-year graduate research assistant and PhD student at the University of Alberta School of Business in Edmonton. While enjoying a nice IPA from LA's Hop St. Brewing, Natalie talks about what she's discovering through her study of social enterprise ecosystems. Specifically, she's interested in how people collaborate to produce an ecosystem in the first place, and how the strength of that ecosystem's infrastructure can predict the viability of the ventures within it. Enjoy and cheers! Welcome to Creative Distillation, where we distill entrepreneurship research into actionable insights. I am your host, Jeff York, Research Director at the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship at the Leeds School of Business, University of Colorado Boulder. I am still in Los Angeles, and I am with my co-host, Brad Werner. And Jeff, I'm just watching rats circle with Joel. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is not a joke, though. I, I, it seemed to like Joel. Uh, Brad, you didn't actually introduce yourself. You just started launching into your <laughs> oh tirade about rats. Uh, so I am Brad Warner. I, Jeff and I work together, as you we know, do. Jeff. We and, do. I uh, do know that. Dummy, I, I, I remember that. Center. Yeah. Uh, but I'm an entrepreneur. Yes. And uh, I'm really thrilled to be at this conference with you, Jeff. First of uh, all, because it's my first time. Uh, yeah, they, <laughs> uh, yeah. I don't know if I will ever be invited uh, back. I, well, <laughs> you haven't really upset anyone so far. Well, no one's listened yet. Well, that's true. <laughs> uh, when they start hearing, <laughs> here's Brad talking but, about but, the But here, here's the thing. Here's the thing about uh, the conference today is, okay. I, is I saw a few PhD students doing their thing, and I was like yeah. wishing for a martini, which uh, I finally, <laughs> have, which I finally found. Yeah, yeah, which is not one of our no, tasting no. beverages. You just felt the need. I, I couldn't we, handle we, it. We right? have we have an open bar. We have also a giant like tub of excellent beer that you love, mm -hmm. and a giant bottle of rum, and we even have fine mixers here. <laughs> And yet you... Well, we could define fine, but okay. uh, you know what? Sometimes you just need a <laughs> martini. Well, okay. I, I hear you. I mean, okay. I, who am I to judge you, but Brad? So back to, back to my story. Back, I'm so, sorry. Back to so, your story. It was, so it was I, fascinating. My I'm first conference ever, I saw three PhD students present papers. Two you of them did. went. Yeah. And all of a sudden, the third one popped up, and she was excellent. Wow. And the speaking style was amazing. I thought the content was relevant, and we are lucky to have her as a guest. I am so thrilled. And and sticking to our new innovation for tonight's podcasting, <laughs> we are going to allow her to introduce herself. Take it away. Well, thank you for that. I couldn't have asked for a kinder introduction. Uh, <laughs> like having none. This is, this is amazing. Um, yeah. My name's Natalie Ying. I'm a third-year PhD student at the University of Alberta. Um, my supervisors are Dr. Emily Block and Dr. Christopher Steele. And I study institutional theory, but I'm here at a social enterprise conference. Awesome. Yeah, I was kind of surprised to see, uh, not not that there aren't many folks at the, and, and so those of you that are not academics listening to this, anybody in the management world, would uh, academic world would know that, I mean, University of Alberta is a, the home of institutional theory management. It's, it's, it's renowned. And, uh, well, just explain a little bit for our listeners that may not know, what is institutional theory? Well, I'd actually like to even back up a little bit oh, I'm sorry. before that. <laughs> How the hell did you get to Alberta? Oh, well, great usually question. Usually you drive or take yeah. a plane. Yeah. Or <laughs> oh, wait, we didn't even offer a drink. Oh, yeah. No, wait, okay, drink so we'll, we'll, okay. Get to the, we'll get to Alberta okay. in a second. So 
You can mix cut water rum with Portuguese blend pineapple mint leaf soda. Or if you want to be a real innovator here, you can mix it with something called brainwash. <laughs> Which, uh, yeah, that's got a skull with a brain exposed. Or we have a wide selection of lovely beers. We have some pale ale. We have a, we have a, a pale ale called uh, Pure Intention. We have an IPA from Hop St. Brewery. We also have an Oktoberfest. We have something called Chocolate Trip, which uh, I'm going to drink before the night's over. And, and producer Joel will be a huge fan of that one. I just have a feeling <laughs> about that. Um, what would you like to have? You know what? I think uh, I'll try that pale ale you have. Awesome. Awesome. This is uh, Pure Intention. Uh, from Hop Saint, uh, which, you know, depending on the ordering of these podcasts. Wasn't it one of their award winners? Yeah, yeah. It's won a silver medal at the Great American Beer Festival. Right. It was, it was, it was a big um, deal. It is a pale ale, so it's not like IPA strength or anything like that. Uh, it has a really nice balance of hops, I think. It has a really nice hop nose and, uh, and a nice kind of biscuity malt flavor that balances out. And uh, I just want to give another shout out to Hop Saint. This is an amazing brewery. Yeah. We went and ate lunch there. We loved it so much that we had to come back and do a podcast there. And they were so cool. They gave us not only a case of beer, which we have brought to the conference, uh, <laughs> but also T-shirts. So, cheers. Oh, yeah. Brad, we can give you, you a... Oh, you're drinking uh, your martini. No, I'm, I'm going to go martini. Uh, have, uh, have a little bit of the You know beer. what? Hop Saint yeah. is yeah. so good that I will go for that. All right. Brad is forsaking his martini. <laughs> yeah, right. for a minute. Cheers. And cheers. we go so I can make a... Cheers. Welcome a big clink. to Creative's Distillation. Uh, we have plastic cups. Be here. Oh, here comes producer Joel. <laughs> he's sort of sneaking away from the rats. Oh, and he's, uh, steal, he's trying to steal one of the cans. Which one's he going for? It's great, Joel. This is really good. What do you think? That is fantastic. Yeah. You guys have a lot of breweries in Alberta? Actually, a little known fact, we do. I figured there might be. Yeah. Um, if Edmonton loves one thing, it's craft. <laughs> so craft breweries, craft whiskey, craft distilleries. Really? Yeah. So now that we are, I mean, I won't say the pandemic's over, but mm. will the, uh, the Institutional Theory Conference get going yes. again? Yes, we just had it in the summer. Oh, yeah, yeah. of course I wasn't so invited. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, you got to just come. Yeah, show I up. know. I, just, I think I'll just show up. Like, okay, crash a conference. That's a yes. whole Yeah, I think that's the only way I'm ever going to get to this conference. Outside of it. Uh, <laughs> Is it what, yeah. Was it at Banff? No, it's uh, in Edmonton now. Oh, see, like I was excited about going to Banff for but it. Banff is the awesome. The craft breweries are in Edmonton. Yeah, so but Banff is amazing. I mean, like, it's so true, anyway. So I have a, a long history with this conference mm-hmm. of like, um, you know, submitting things or, uh, and then I get lovely notes from Michael Lonsbury telling me, <laughs> we really wanted to invite you. We really did, mm-hmm. but we didn't. And so um, they didn't want your eighteen hundred dollars. No, I, it's I think it's free. It's it's like a nice conference. Wait, the, the, the ones that are not nice cost money? <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's kind of the way it Welcome goes. Welcome to academics. Yeah, I mean, that's kind of the way it goes. Yeah. yeah, that's hilarious. I mean, the nicer the conference, the less likely you actually have to pay to attend it. Yeah. And if I one with rats running around, where does uh, that, the, that Well, did you pay to attend this? <laughs> uh, I did not. I did right, not pay. Uh, I, there you go. It's a nice conference. There you go. Except for the rats. <laughs> no, the people, the people are incredible. The rats have nothing the to do with are, the conference. No, the people are incredible. Clear, like, uh, no, I'm, I'm just not, teasing. Jill and Sophie have put on an amazing show. Uh, conference. Yeah, I, yes. I, I, yeah. <laughs> so we should be careful. But there were a couple of rats out here. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so you like this beer then? Do you, yeah, are you a fantastic. hoppy beer drinker or are you just I like a, awesome? This is very like, cool. Yeah, this is a great beer. Okay, so back to your story. All how right, so the hell did you get drinks. to Alberta? How did I get to Alberta? Well, actually, I did my undergrad at Alberta. And okay. uh, I was an economics major because in my very first year, they said, we're going to tell you how markets work. You right. know, money's made up. This is how markets work. And I thought, that sounds amazing. Sign me up. And then All I right. spent five years doing derivatives, <laughs> <laughs> just doing a lot of equations. And yeah. no one told me how markets worked. Yeah. I was a little disappointed. But then I, I ran into the people at the business school by accident. And they were like, 
that's what we study. How do markets work? Why do we really? put money into these things that sometimes fail, sometimes crash? Yeah. Why do we trust these institutions, right? So yeah. this idea of, you know, why does a bank look like a bank and not right. like a kindergarten when it would be way more fun, right? If you walked into a bank <laughs> and there was like colors everywhere, we'd all be at our bank, right? Capital One's tried to do that with their cafes, make banks really yes. fun. Uh, will they succeed? It's a legitimacy story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, I worked there. We can talk about that. We anyway, go uh, to a bank for the coffee, though. What the? <laughs> right. That's. <laughs> All right. So you're doing your undergrad in economics, and yeah. then you said, "Well, you just—it sounds like you were a little dissatisfied with the explanation the economics offered because it's yeah. so—I mean, you don't believe that all people operate on self-interest all the time with perfect information, and uh, you know, like." <laughs> You know, uh, as much as I love to think I have perfect information, yeah. uh, my choices would suggest otherwise. Yeah, uh, mine too. Yeah, so... Uh, I mean, we had somebody drink this brainwash earlier tonight, so there you go. No. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so uh, institutional theorists are sometimes in the academic world accused of brainwashing, right? Mm. We are a theory that takes over. But, it is. Uh, uh, they got me. They, yeah. they had me hooked when they said we study taken for grantedness. I Wait, thought, so did you go right from know. undergrad to PhD? I went right from undergrad really? to PhD. Really? That's interesting. Yeah. Wow, that's kind of rare. Yeah. yeah. I found Emily and Chris, and I thought, okay, this is good. Yeah. It's not often you find great PhD supervisors. Yeah. Right. So, yeah. yeah. And and those are just a couple of the amazing exactly, people. Yeah. I mean, like, yeah. really, you could, like, I mean, it's an amazing school, Brad. We definitely got to go up there sometime. Um, yeah. And so, okay, so you start there, and now you're three years into your PhD. And, yeah. and what are you interested in? What are you studying? Yeah, sure. So uh, right now I have an ongoing study with Dr. Madeline Tubiana, who's used to be part of the Alberta faculty, but has since moved on to Ottawa, unfortunately. Oh, I didn't yeah. know that. Yeah, which is a tragic loss for us, but yeah. a big win for Ottawa. So the study I have with Madeline is mm -hmm. uh, on a social enterprise ecosystem uh, collaborative. Right. They're trying to develop a social enterprise ecosystem in a province, and uh, we're really trying to study how does that happen? How do people get together and produce an ecosystem? Um, these ecosystems have been put forward as a solution to a lot of different problems, but right. we don't really understand how people actually go about developing them uh, intentionally. Right. Yeah. That's interesting, I think. But so my, my question actually offline to you mm. was, people just don't go out and say, hey, let's build an ecosystem. Yeah. Well, so these people are doing that. <laughs> well, well, kind of. But I mean, so well. tell us kind of the genesis of, of that. I mean, you, yeah, you, so, it's yeah. a social entrepreneur discovers a problem they want to solve. Yeah. Tell me where the ecosystem comes in, kind of in the life expectancy or the lifespan of, here's a problem we've identified to, we're going to solve it, and where does that fit in? So the ecosystem literature suggests to us that instead of focusing on one organization and thinking about why did it succeed or why did it fail, mm -hmm. we should actually look at the other factors that surround it. So we need to be thinking about were there investors who were able to invest in that uh, company? Do, do we have early stage investors? Do we have late stage investors? Are there mentors? What's the policy like? And when we think through all these other factors, what we get is this ecosystem, right? All of these different players who actually affect each other in, in deep and important ways. Mm -hmm. So the ecosystem is something that affects the venture right from founding through to success or death, right? Yeah. There at every, every step. but. Uh, what our literature seems to suggest is that in really strong, healthy ecosystems, right. ventures tend to be successful. And in ecosystems that you know lack infrastructure, lack support, those ventures, even if they're started with great principles, might struggle. And what about the evolution of an ecosystem? So the evolution of an ecosystem is something that's been studied by people who do these beautiful, uh, big historical studies. And it suggests that there's a lot of different uh, variables that influence it, like regional culture, regional politics, right? So often they start because you're in an area that has already a strong tradition of maybe 
welfare sector or a lot of NGOs, right? And then maybe there's some change in government. So you're clawing back on funding to not-for-profits and now there's a void that yeah. needs to be filled. And so maybe the people who were previously in the not-for-profit world come together and they start to look at how we can you know, work together to create a, a social enterprise ecosystem. Yeah. Which is really So I, yeah, I'm really familiar with like the ecosystem, like with technology entrepreneurship yeah. and people, yeah. I mean, that's the class, oh, Silicon Valley versus Boston. I mean, all yeah. this stuff, right? Sure. I mean, well, Boulder, yeah. yeah. I mean, we have we like to think we have our own little ecosystem there, but but I'm not so familiar with people studying social entrepreneurship ecosystems. Mm -hmm. That's really interesting. Is there a place that we think of as a social entrepreneurship stronghold of ecosystem? Scotland. I Sc oh yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, Scotland's yeah. claim to fame yeah. in the social enterprise world. Right, right. Of course, it's where the, the annual social innovation forum and all those things happen. Yeah, yeah I didn't think about yep, yep. that. And they were way ahead of us in, in creating legal forms for exactly. social enterprise yeah. and things like that. Okay, cool. So, but when usually like, you know, when I'm just thinking about the ecosystem literature, a lot of times it's anchored on like one big success story. Yeah. Dell in Austin, right? Yeah. Something like that. And, and then that creates like this momentum around that. But social enterprise is so different. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's not like somebody makes it <laughs> I'm just trying to think of the, the parallel, right? I mean, I'm struggling yep. here. Help me out. Yep. I, I'm just trying to think about this. Well, and I think what's interesting is what I'm seeing in my context is yeah. that there is no big success story. Right. In fact, there's very few success stories. Yeah, and that, it's that is why they come together to build the ecosystem, right? Oh. So in my context, my, cool. I'm not studying Scotland. Well, I you didn't, you didn't you. talk about that in the paper, though, today, about like yeah. how it came about at the beginning. That's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So the genesis of the, the context I'm studying is that it was a really fragmented space. Yeah. The, the big players, the big funds, they knew each other, right? Okay. They tend to be kind of community funds. Sure. They were sitting right. at the same tables. They had some government funding. Uh-huh. But that's like maybe five to seven. And maybe people. even cross governmentship, right? I mean there there could be some stewardship crossovers that you have board of directors exactly. are on both boards. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So you, you have some some familiarity there, but but that's kind of it. It's pretty fragmented otherwise. Mm. You might know of people, but you're certainly not collaborating. So what yeah. you'll see often in the tech space, right, is, okay, I'm going to do the early stage funding, and then yeah. if I divest, like, you know, you're, I'm going to de-risk it, and now you're going to come in and invest. Yep. Yeah, there's yeah. none of that happening at this right. point, right? So there's just people putting in money, and the problem is, of course, you know, the people who are doing early stage funding can't find anybody who's suitable. The people who are doing late yeah. stage funding can yeah. only invest in established organizations, so they're really struggling. And the government is only interested in not-for-profits at this point, okay? There's a branch that deals with not-for-profits, and right. that's it. And they say, okay, you know, we're hearing about the social finance stuff, social innovation, we're willing to put some money on the table. So they put money on the table, and then they pull it back. They promise the money, government changes, takes money off the table. So these social finance people who are really sick at this point of having money put in front of them and taken away and put sure. in front of them taken away say, we gotta take matters into our own hands. So they call a giant meeting, they rent the biggest space they can, and they just yeah. say anybody who's at all interested, remotely interested, show up and we're gonna we're gonna have like a town hall, right? Okay. Wow. So they get together and they're talking and, and some of the bigger funds are sitting together at a table and they're saying, you know, we gotta do something, we gotta do something, and they said, We've been in this position before, we know we gotta do something and, and no one ever does. All right. Let's put some money on the table. So they all agree to put some money on the table to hire somebody who's going to be their staff member, who's going to coordinate this. Okay. And that becomes a steering committee. And then they decide, we're going to develop an ecosystem. This is our main goal. So out of those 50 yeah. people that attended, five of them are like, we're going to put money on the table. We're going to make this happen. Right. And uh, it grows to seven. And they hire some staff members. And they, they just get started trying to build an ecosystem. So, yes. so building an ecosystem, though, actually means how do we support our mission? Exactly. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So you, yeah, they needed uh, better social enterprises, more social enterprises, um, better connections to people, and this is how they were going to go about doing it. Okay, that's cool. And and it worked to some extent, yeah, right? Yeah, absolutely. All right, then in that case. So, <laughs> because 
Natalie, please straighten me out when I screw this up. Mm. Because in the case of social enterprise and social entrepreneurship, mm-hmm. the likelihood of having a, a unicorn, yeah. like, I, I don't even know what that would look like. I mean, it's like, it's hard to like even think, I yeah. mean, you know, you're like, well, you think of Eunice maybe like, but yeah. then that's not mm-hmm. like a unicorn. Anyway, so because <laughs> it, because it's not likely to have like a unicorn that yeah. anchors the beginning of an ecosystem, if you're trying to get an ecosystem going around this, you're going to have to put a group of stakeholders together that are willing to commit resources before they know exactly what's going to emerge from it. Yeah, that's absolutely what we see in this context. That's yeah. But that's pretty wild. I and mean, hard to do. Yeah, it's, really it's hard to hard do, to, I imagine. And only some people are able to do it. And so right. the other the other component is, though, people with the money that want to see the social good done, mm-hmm. they're looking for impact. Yeah. And how do, you, how do you how do you describe what impact is to them? Do you know what's funny is I was talking to somebody who manages a really big fund, mm-hmm. and it's a community fund, and he gets a lot of uh, money from government. Right. And I was talking to him, and he said, Natalie, we started this uh, social enterprise fund because I kept being told, oh, there's rich people out there who have big hearts, and they really want to put their money <laughs> into businesses that matter. And he said, Natalie, it's been seven years, yeah. and I have had one rich person donate, <laughs> and that's it. There's been no other individual donors, right? Right. Wow. So, uh, so I'm not sure if it's a matter of getting lost in translation or yeah. if or if it's just a matter of the fact that the, the profit margins aren't there yet. Wow. Especially not in this particular region, right? We're not seeing right. huge profitable social enterprises for the most part. Mm-hmm. Sure. So it's, uh, it's definitely a tough sell. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. All right. So in your study, this money comes in. Mm-hmm. And, and so how many years have you been following this, this project? Two years. Two years. Yeah. Where are they now? Like what, what is kind of like the, I mean, what, what has happened since the initial investment that leads you to say, well, this actually did get some things going. And, mm-hmm. and do you think, I mean, I know it's probably early. These kinds of studies usually last much longer than two years. But, you know, what are you seeing as being effective or what's not being effective? Yeah, great question, Jeff. And you're right. It's definitely going to take a long time before we know definitively where this is headed. Right. But so far, what they've managed to do is they've managed to bring a lot more people to the table. Mm. So you start with just five organizations, but then they develop communities of practice, and there's quite a few practitioners at those, and yeah. it really offers a opportunity for knowledge sharing, right. right? So for the social finance intermediaries, a lot of them are the only social finance intermediaries in their organization, right? Yeah. So it's one person, one office, and they're kind of making things up as they go in terms of how <laughs> should we familiar. figure out what to invest yeah. in, and what does risk look like in this context, right? right? right. So having that opportunity to sit down with somebody else who's experiencing similar issues was yeah. huge. Right. Uh, similarly, the chance to find out, oh, there are early stage investors. Yeah. Like, oh, that, that that's a thing that we, we could be doing deal flow. Right, that right. was a, a huge uh, light bulb moment for the community. Huh. There was no conception of this prior. And it was like, oh, actually, there's a lot of organizations who are talking to all of us. Wow. Everyone at the table, but there's no way everyone at the table is a good fit. Right, right, right. right. So then, you know, how can we be more efficient right. as an ecosystem? Sure. Uh, getting these funds out there. So that's huge for the social finance community. Yeah. And then the other thing is that you have a chance for social finance intermediaries to talk with these support organizations like incubators and yeah. university units that are trying to support uh, entrepreneurial students, right? right? And to tell them, okay, this is what we're looking for and yeah. here's what we're not seeing in our applicants, right? Okay, so it's, 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 it's as these stakeholders have come together yeah. and started to evolve, they're getting more clear on what they actually would like to see. And then you're starting, it sounds like there's starting to be a recognition or maybe even the creation, I don't mm-hmm. know, of, of like a support system of like incubator programs to help yeah. people develop that skill set. Yeah. That's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. So I think they've actually been quite successful at bringing people to the table and kind mm. of assessing what's out there, what do we know already, and, yeah. and how do we fill in the gaps. 
Wow. When I when I think about this though, I'm thinking about scalability and it's mm -hmm. scalability in width. Mm -hmm. Right? That yeah. it works in one community and it can yep. spread to another and another and so forth. I think that is really cool. And I, I yep. think incredibly impactful um, yeah. as, as time goes on. Yeah, yeah. And I mean, if you can tease, like, so if you follow this, like, for a long time, if you find out, well, you know what? It seemed like it was going to go well mm -hmm. and then it didn't. I think that's actually really helpful. I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I think it's interesting, but we try to uh, almost stay away from the interesting on the podcast because, <laughs> like, you know, we can sit around and like, oh, that's so interesting. But, mm -hmm. but like, no, I think it's actually useful yeah. to know that. But it'd obviously be even more useful if you say, hey, here's what went right, and now yeah. we can tease out. You presented an early process model today, but then you can tease out those principles of what drove that process model in that direction. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. Other questions about yeah. this, Brad? So I guess I guess my my final question is, as a PhD student, and you've been doing this for three years, what's been your biggest surprise? Ooh. Great question. I have to say my biggest surprise would be just that the social enterprises themselves were not at the table. That to me was really interesting. We spend a lot oh, of time wow. talking about really? the social enterprises. Yeah. But that's they aren't part of those conversations, right? Yeah. Uh, and to me, that's it's a fascinating power dynamic, right? Yeah. Around who's driving this and just thinking through what does that mean for who's in control of this ecosystem? Yeah. Uh, especially if we think that social enterprise ecosystems are maybe unique, maybe right. require these kind of powerful, financially viable players to, to step up and start it. Yeah. What does that mean for who's able to join it, right? Yeah. yeah. Wow. And that's like... I don't know. So I, I, most of the stuff I do is in sustainability, and I always think about Eleanor Ostrom when we talk about creating ecosystems or community-based things. Mm -hmm. And like one of the founding principles of her work was just like, you can't do this without the stakeholders at the table mm -hmm. helping to create the system. Like for whatever system you're trying to create, like if the if the people that are impacted by it or don't have voice in it, then they won't buy in. And it won't work. Yeah. But I hope that's not the case here because it sounds promising. It's it's interesting, and part of it is that the social finance intermediaries and the support organizations spend all day talking right. to social enterprises. Yes. So so they do have a uh, sense. So they capture that voice, right? They capture yeah, the voice, yeah, okay. but in a, in a different way, right? Yeah, yeah, it's, that's it's interesting. It's different than them being at the table. And, and it's also a matter of how much can you really do as an ecosystem development collective, yeah. right? You can only develop so much. And if yeah. you're trying to develop the entrepreneurs and the social finance intermediaries and the support organizations, now you're doing everybody's job, right? Wow. Yeah. If you're supporting the social entrepreneurs, you're a support organization, right? Cool. So finding your niche within the ecosystem as a collective was yeah. actually a really challenging process. It's exciting really cool. work. Yeah, really, really exciting work. Wow. So, Brad, your previous uh, discussions with PhD students on the podcast were not as... No, we, we have a little different level here. Um, <laughs> by the way, Natalie, please tell me you don't mix McCallum and coffee. I would never. Thank yes. you. Yes. Oh, you, okay. you just, yeah. But, uh, um, if we can ever lure you to Colorado, uh, <laughs> just give me well, a call. Well, she's going to be looking for a I job know. in a few years. I know. You guys have great mountains, right? Yes, yeah. I love That's the mountains. You guys have mountains. Oh, we yes, have awesome We have mountains. great mountains yeah, and the, great definitely people. stay in touch. Uh, yeah. yeah. The work you're doing sounds really interesting. Thanks. So it's yes. been a pleasure to talk to you. You have great taste in beer. Thank you. Yeah. So yeah. You guys. This is Thank awesome. you for joining us. Uh, That's uh, Natalie Ng, uh, third year PhD student at the University of Alberta. And it's been awesome to meet you. 
Thanks, Jeff. Great to meet you both. Yeah, yeah. nice meeting you. And by the way, Natalie's going to be an academic star. I can, I can see this coming. And this is my prediction. I don't right, know if it's right. an insight, but it's oh, wait, a prediction. Wait, wait, hold on. Don't, don't actual don't prediction? Actual, actual if, prediction. We can, if we can bet on academics, maybe uh, that's let's, a whole new on, line we can do. we'll start betting on academics. <laughs> I don't know. Why not? Yeah. I mean, it sounds like a whole thing. Okay, here we go. Wait, I, I'm putting 100 bucks on Natalie wait, to win. All right, we, got, we, got, wait, we have a prediction sound we're going to do. This is a new innovation on the Creative Distillation <laughs> Podcast brought to you by the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship <laughs> at the Leeds School of Business at the University of Colorado. And I think our, 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 our funder, Eric Miller, is going to be so excited we're introducing a new <laughs> sound for what is this predictions. predictions 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 here we go predictions that's a terrible one <laughs> he's not there what about rat sounds the rat so- <laughs> <laughs> all right okay amazing so our our funder of this podcast and sponsor eric miller is going to be so excited because he is the man behind the actionable insight chime. Yeah, but this is going to be new, Jeff. This we're is going new. To, we're going to do a prediction sec- segment. You are here for the birth of an innovation, Natalie. Amazing. Here we go. Prediction segment. It's like a newsflash. All right, <laughs> make your prediction. My prediction is Natalie is going to be an academic rock star. I, I cheers to that. I think cheers. so, too. Yes. Thank you for joining support. us. Thank, Thank you. you. All right. So that is another conversation uh, to live and die in L.A. Uh, hopefully we'll live. As long as we make it past the rats. <laughs> My name is still Jeff York. I'm still, uh, well, at least for the next, uh, until this podcast hits the air, the research director uh, for the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship at the Leeds School of Business at the University of Colorado Boulder. I am Brad Warner. I'm the faculty director at the Deming Center. And this feels like a one martini podcast, so I'm ready to get another. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, look out for the next episode. That'll be the two martini podcast. There we go. Uh, caution. Maybe there'll be some more predictions. <laughs> there will be many. <laughs> awesome. Thanks again for joining us. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is great. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Creative Distillation, recorded live on location at the 19th Annual Social Entrepreneurship Conference, hosted by USC's Marshall School of Business. Learn more about Natalie Ang on her faculty page at apps.ualberta.ca. We'd love to hear your feedback and ideas. Email us at cdpodcast at colorado.edu. And please be sure to subscribe to Creative Distillation wherever you get your podcasts. The Creative Distillation podcast is made possible by the Deming Center for Entrepreneurship at the University of Colorado Boulder's Leeds School of Business. For more information, please visit deming.colorado.edu. That's D-E-M-I-N-G. And click the Creative Distillation link. Creative Distillation is produced by Joel Davis at Analog Digital Arts. Our theme music is Whiskey Before Breakfast, performed by your humble hosts, Brad and Jeff. Thanks for listening. We'll see you back here for another episode of Creative Distillation. If you've enjoyed this episode, you may also enjoy Leeds Business Insights. Check them out at leeds.ly slash lbi podcast.